episode 396. Can you grow your true love daily with these three simple questions? Jim Stefan. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. And it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff, and the reality of what it takes. Get to the podcast. This week on Awaken Your Alpha, we're talking about true love that lasts, and more importantly, how to build and grow true love and keep true love that lasts. And we're talking about how a single question a day can help you love and enjoy your spouse more for a lifetime starting immediately. So, I mean, that is quite a hook for the interview. And we've got Jim Stefan on the line. Now, Jim spent the early part of his life earning four degrees in philosophy, theology, mathematics, and educational psychology. He is the author of True Love That Lasts. It was only when he met and married his co-author, Carol Stefan, that he learned from her how life can be better than a dream come true. As married partners for 33 years plus, they have teamed up to share with you how the simplicity in a single question a day can help you discover the and implement the secret of growing true love that lasts. Jim, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I certainly am. I'm excited. It's a it's an honor to be here. Thank you. And uh, yeah, you've you know you've done, been around for a while. You've done a lot. So I want you. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? Because I couldn't fit it all in the introduction there. What are you all about? Well, I guess there's three things I'd like to highlight. Number one, um, I started this quest on what is true. What is love? And then what is true love? And what is true love that lasts? And then once I found the answer to what is true love that lasts, I asked the question, is it possible to grow your true love? And even more important, because my early years was with time management, and since the past is gone, the future is not here yet, the only thing we really control is the now, is it possible to grow true love now or at least daily? So uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, a statistic. People need to decide whether they want to be a statistic or, or avoid being a statistic. And here's a very sad statistic. Of 100% of the people that get married in some today, in some tomorrow, 47% of those will be divorced. And of the 47% that are divorced, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's culminated in divorce. But that means 53% are left. And of those 53%, uh, who knows how many are wanting to get divorced and who knows how many are unhappily married. So there's a huge group out there that maybe would be very interested in how can they, how can they enjoy all the benefits of the true love that lasts movement. And that brings up uh, number three. Number three is a movement. It's not just about the book, it's based on the book, but very early on, uh, the person that helped me write the book, Ken Blanchard, who uh, is famous for the One Minute Manager and many, many other things, said, Jim, you need to start a movement. So those are the three things that I might add to there, Adam. And uh, so where do we go from here? Which, which, which one of those would you think your audience would love to talk, talk about interesting when you said about you know 53 percent are still married and there's sort of stats in there and 
like, I think that'd be very hard to get the statistics on who is happily married in that 53% because obviously people, you know, say different things to what is the actual reality. And if they're, if they're planning on staying with someone, maybe they, they wouldn't openly say they're unhappily married or it needs work. So, wow. Exactly right. Yes. So, whew, very interesting. Well, I want, to, I want us to actually touch on your origins. Where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us today? Tell us a little bit about your history and like how you got into this realm. And I know you've done four degrees, as I mentioned in the introduction. Well, I'm originally a Hoosier from Indianapolis. And uh, I got lost in the West Coast. Uh, and uh, my wife is from New York City. And uh, we, moved, we moved to Connecticut. So I'm in Connecticut right now. Uh, I was very interested in the Catholic priesthood. And for that reason, I got a degree in philosophy and eventually theology. And uh, eventually I was asked as a Franciscan priest to teach mathematics. And so I got a degree from Notre Dame in mathematics. And um, eventually I felt like um, uh, with the Second Vatican, I felt like uh, there was some other things that I would like to do. And after much prayer and, and discussing it a long, long time with my fellow Franciscans, uh, I decided to ask for a dispensation from the priesthood, and that's when I got my degree in educational psychology. Uh, for a couple of years, I worked in a large boys, a large uh, public school system north of New York City, and then I started my own business in managerial development, and I specialized especially in time management. I wrote the international bestseller, Align Thinking, Make Every Moment Count. And once it, it became, I, and for all this time, all the way back to my degree in philosophy, I asked the question, what is love? And uh, then when I became semi-retired, I took all the research that I had of, of the, those 50 plus years and put it together. And I wanted to put it in a way that was simple, easy, and readable. So, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, obviously that's a lot. And you said you're semi-retired and stuff. How old are you, Jim? And also, I was wondering when I heard in sort of your information there, you mentioned you was at Notre Dame as well. And I wondered if, um, you know, how close to the Rudy era were you? Were you before or after that? As in like, because <laughs> when you said that, I don't know much about. The, the Rudy area came in when Dan Devine was the coach. And I came at the beginning of the era Parsegan era. Uh, which was followed by the Dan Devine era. So I was oh. I, I was at Notre Dame from '64 to '66, and um, uh, just before so that. How old I am? I, yeah. I I am actually uh, in the process of celebrating, and soon I will celebrate uh, being 21 for the 68th time. So uh, translating that, uh, I will soon be 89. So uh, wow. You know, there's awesome. a lot of a lot of bridges that have gone under the water since I was born. Who helped awaken your alpha? I mean, because you've got loads, a lot to pull from, and you've done a lot of different things. You've gone down a lot of different paths. When do you feel like you really got on the, the path to this, answering this question of, you know, what is true love? Once that I uh, truly retired from my time management business, then I became full-time in writing this book. And the fellow who helped me write my international bestseller, Align Thinking, Ken Blanchard, uh, he became very interested in it. And so one summer he was at his resort place um, up in the Adirondacks. And so I would send each piece to him and uh, we, we, we went forward on that score. Um, okay. 
And so when did it kind of solidify in terms of really coming down to, you know, a question a day? Where did that concept come from? And was that, was that like very easy for you? Did that come quite naturally or did that kind of take a while to really land on that? Uh, Adam, that is a, a brilliant question. You deserve a BR for that. A BR is two steps above A plus and a BR is a brilliant. So that's a brilliant question. Let me tell you why it's brilliant. It's at the heart of the entire book. Mm -hmm. And it's at the heart of what I wanted to do is make it simple. Mm -hmm. So actually that one question a day came from my time management program. And that one question a day from the time management program came from a set of cassettes that my wife gave me. And these cassettes were about Ford and Edison and the Wright brothers. And as I was listening to those cassettes of those very famous people who did magnificent things for the world and um, for, for themselves also, they became um, multimillionaires. Um, it, it seemed to me it was all one question. And let me give you uh, the best example I like is Henry Ford. Now, in the year 1900, in the Indianapolis, Northern Indiana, Detroit area, there were about 2,000 engineers trying to make a elegant car to get a, a corner on the elegant car market. And somewhere of about 1910, 1911, Henry Ford learned that in Chicago, the beef packing company, they would take a steer and put it on an assembly line. So each person had to become an expert on this little cut, but they didn't have to become expert on the entire cow. And he asked himself, well, before, I, before that, he was asking himself, how can he create a automobile that's cheap enough for his own employees to buy? So you can see there's a question he asked yeah. himself. And when he asked himself that question, an automobile in those days cost about eight fifty, and the and the you, uh, the ordinary worker was making about a dollar twenty five a day, which meant that two year salary would buy them an automobile. So the automobile in those days was totally out of reach of most people. Yeah. When he decided the assembly line, and he brought the Model T out in 1913, the first Model T in 1913, the cost the next couple years went from. $850 to $300. And because he was making so much money, he doubled their salary to $250 and then he doubled it again to $5. So $5 a day means that you can buy a $300 car in 14 weeks. So all of a sudden the automobile came uh, available and it all happened because of that single question. Mm -hmm. So um, in my time management program, we asked the question, What's the secret of self-empowerment? And so the secret of self-empowerment is ask the right question at the right time. So when we were coming forward with this um, True Love That Last Movement or the book, and, and we, we, we figured out the three parts of love, the beginning of love, the uh, love of benevolence and the love of union, we said if we could take the three parts of love and reduce them to a very simple question each day. We'd have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday question repeated Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we could actually say that you can um, 
improve your love a little bit each day with a question and that's where it all came from awesome it seems like the right time as well to dive into them three questions and something we can get immediate benefits to those listening as well so what are these these key questions to understand the key questions um in the book um the main characters uh bill and terry uh have they're 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 engaged their senior year and they have to write a a, a dissertation and each of them uh, bill is a, a theology major and carrie is a, a philosophy or she, she's a, a a business psychology major and so uh, they get permission to write a a thesis together so a their their thesis was a working definition of true love and so they come up with this working definition when i say working definition it it can't be esoteric now saint paul in his uh, letter has a, a very glorious love is this love is that love is this love is that but that is very hard to put in place every single day yeah so we wanted a definition that is uh, elegantly simple so the elegantly simple definition comes down uh, to uh, three things the first thing is love begins when you value and appreciate the person you love and notice i said the person you love because this works for your son your daughter your 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 it works for your spouse of course it works for your girlfriend your boyfriend your mother your father your your and your your friends but <coughs> in the book which we have here of course you have it there we couldn't write related to all those people so we just focused on your spouse but um so the, the the love begins when you say how do you value and appreciate it and we wanted <coughs> this definition to work for all of those situations now then it goes two different ways and it goes two different ways simultaneously once you value and appreciate this other person because they're either so beautiful or they're so smart or they make you feel so good are they so funny are they they're, they're whatever but you can value and appreciate them for a, a plethora of reasons then the the first thing you want to, to do is you want to surprise and be good to them you want to that's called the love of benevolence uh, uh, it comes from the two latin words bene in in uh, latin means good so uh, get good to them and the other thing that is very very natural is if this person is such a wonderful person you want to somehow be joined to them now uh the be joined to them if a a mother and a father uh love their children that they want to have uh th their way of being joined to them is to have the children and then be close to them it's the three the three parts of love the first part is you value and appreciate them then you want to be good to them and then you want to be with them now there is a mystical part of love that's very hard to put your finger on but yeah. it's 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 an amazing part and that is this when you start to value and appreciate the other person and you want to do good for them and you want to be joined to them in some way you internalize that other person so that you take the other person into yourself and because of taking the other person in yourself when good things happen to that other person it's like they happen to you and when yeah. bad things happen to that person it's like they happen to you so uh and and people that are married for a long long time talk about 
it's like I'm off, I'm, I'm living two lives. I'm living my own and my living the other person. And that brings up a very interesting thing that when you're doing good things for the other person, there's four benefits that jump out. Uh, the first benefit is, let's say you're doing something good for your wife. Well, the first benefit that happens, even before you do that, is you're thinking of the good you're gonna do for your wife. So you get a benefit because you see you're gonna do that. Yeah. Your wife gets a benefit, the relationship gets a benefit, and your happiness gets a benefit. So all four of those things happen. And that's one of the reasons why people enjoy being in love. Yeah, and you talked about the, the three main areas of love. I mean, what are the questions associated and how do you how have you turned them into specific questions okay, for them let's, areas? Let's take the, the, the Monday question. A very simple question uh, is, how can I value and appreciate my spouse more today? So how can I value and appreciate my spouse more today? <coughs> um, a very simple question, but let's look at those four things. As soon as you ask that question, uh, how can I value and appreciate my spouse more today? You get a benefit because you're looking for something good in them. And you start to enjoy that something good almost even before you find it. The, the person love gets a benefit because you're focusing on the good in them. And then once you focus on that good in them and you get some benefit from focusing on that good, your relationship becomes tighter. And when that, that becomes apparent to each other, your happiness grows. So all of a sudden, that simple question, how can I value and appreciate myself? Now, let me warn you. <clears throat> There's another very powerful question. That's the wrong question, as it says in my book, and it's a it's a mistake that I made. The wrong question that I made that led to my own divorce was, "Am I getting everything I need from this relationship?" Well, that's oh. a me question, and if I don't get everything I think I need from this relationship, maybe I ought to get out of this relationship. But you see, <clears throat> the love question is different. How can I value and appreciate? It's, it's the other person, but the interesting paradox is I get a big benefit asking that question. Yeah. Well, interestingly, like you said, you, you asked the wrong question. I mean, you, you never know, but in your gut, do you think if you were asking the right, the right questions before your divorce, would you think it would have been different or is it just incompatible? Oh, it, it, to it, different it absolutely would have been different. And so many people have the difficulty of not being able to ask their, their partner for what they need or what they really want without starting a fight. Yeah. And the fact feeling um, uh, request uh, situation uh, totally overcomes that. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you want to uh, chat about that or when we go to the other two questions and, and uh, the other two parts, what, what, where would you like to go? Yeah. I let, yes. If we have time and we can jump at the end, but let's, yeah, let's dig into question number two. Okay, question number two. It's Tuesday, and we look at the benevolence. <coughs> now, benevolence basically means you want to do good for the other person. So the Tuesday question, repeated on uh, Friday, is how can I uh, surprise and do good from uh, the one I love? Now, let's look at those four benefits again. I have many times experienced this, when I start looking for ways to surprise Carol, I'm in a very positive mood. I'm, I'm enjoying it before I even find it. And when I find how to surprise her, let me give you a very specific example. 
we just had a generator put in because a lot of trees fall down here and we lost power for eight days. So in the generator put in, um, I made the decision too quick to do it before she said we should do it. So she was upset. So mm -hmm. I know she's upset. Now that was a long time ago and she's forgiven me. But when the generator starts running, I'm gonna get her two dozen roses. And I'm gonna say, you know, I'm sorry I jumped the gun and made that generator decision without totally getting you uncomfortable. And I apologize, here's two dozen roses to show you. Now, she doesn't know that, but I'm gonna do it. I'm having fun doing it already. And I'm having <laughs> fun telling you. Yeah. So look, I get the benefit already. Now, when she gets the two dozen roses, <coughs> she'll appreciate that. Our, our relationship will be stronger and uh, that'll help our, our mutual happiness. So the four things are there. Okay, wanna go to the last one? Well, I was just gonna ask, and because you've obviously got experience in working in this and yeah, we think of flowers and surprises like that, but we're talking like on a daily basis or obviously at least asking this question Tuesdays and Fridays, what other smaller things have you, have you used in the past? Or you've heard of examples of people to, you know, to surprise the, the one they love and. Well, I, I can talk about myself most easily. Yeah. I know other people have yeah. used it and said it, it works for them, but um, you know, um, it, it's not every day that I give her, um, it's not every day that I give her flowers. So uh, she has an office uh, uh, right near the front door. Uh, I'm up on the second floor. And uh, many times I'll go down there and just knock and I say, hey, hon, do you need anything for me today? So just offering to, to give her something, that's, you know, surprising her. Um, in the past, I have surprised her. I. One of the things I found out is that uh, she doesn't like surprises. Uh, this but, is, yeah, my wife is not a fan of like big surprises, that's for sure. <laughs> well, um, in the book uh, there, it's a story, it's a true story about how I did a really big surprise <clears throat> and she didn't like it. So one of the things I found out is I need to figure out what surprises she likes and what she don't like. When you ask these questions daily, they not only start affecting you and influencing you that moment you ask it they can influence you all day and tomorrow too okay and then the final question in this kind of the three key questions that you can ask throughout the week how can i be closer uh, to her today so how can i be closer to her today now um there's many um ramifications of that one of the things that she did that I really like is <coughs> I used to take a nap about one o'clock, about a half hour. And some time ago, about the time that I start writing this book, maybe three or four years ago, she decided to join me in the nap. And she decided that she would put a pillow. I, I'm, I'm lying in bed, you know, taking this nap and she would put a pillow on my chest and, and put her head on my chest and we take a nap together nice so that's become a regular thing uh, so much so that when people say uh, jim are you available i said sure we're all, i'm always available except from one to three that's the old folks nap time yeah <laughs> so they, they begin, you know, laughing about that but that, that's a that that's, oh, that's crucially yeah. uh united another way that i uh, when i can how can i be closer to her uh, another way is become interested in her crocheting 
Now, Adam, I am not interested in crocheting at all. Yeah. And it seems to me very difficult, all those knots that they're tying. But um, when she starts telling me, looking for this pattern, looking for that pattern, um, I, I, I'm honestly interested in the crocheting she's talking about. Not that I'm interested in crocheting, but I'm interested in her. And I want her to see that uh, I'm her partner in this crocheting. This union, there's all kind of, of um, ramification that there's a sexual ramification that that's that's a another real thing that the interesting thing that God um, when he decided about the human race had an infinite number of possibilities and he made the physical love of union the way that the human race would be procreated well that that says uh, the love of union has a pretty high standard because the essence of the survival of the human race is right here yeah so this love is not all you know in in the air in the air it's it's you know down some of some of love is emotional but but this definition um transcends emotions okay well we're gonna we're gonna move into the alpha round i just want to sum up this are the three quick key questions to ask yourself over the week how can i appreciate and value the one i love more today you can ask that on monday and thursdays how can i please and surprise the one i love more today you can ask that on tuesdays and fridays for example and then finally, how can I be closer and to and united with the one I love more today? And you can ask that on Wednesdays and Saturday. Um, and I know, uh, you know, you have a habit builder with this as well. And I know just knowing these questions is, is not enough. It's important to implement them and build that habit. As we move into the alpha round, is there a particular quote that really sums up your approach to life uh, or just an all-time favorite quote? Uh, yes, very definitely. In uh, so we are now married 34 years, coming up on 35th. And uh, in the second Christmas, she wrote me that she said, Life with you is better than a dream come true, better than a dream come true. And I've adopted that, and I found that uh, in many ways, my life is better than a dream come true. Um, my, my life related to her, my life related to the kids, my life related to God. Uh, but the, 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 the quote, better than a dream come true, um, you know, many dreams are, are nightmares. Well, even if you have a very good, positive dream, uh, they go away. But uh, this dream with Carol, uh, we, we, we replay it every day. That's brilliant. So, uh, you know, Asking these questions can help you live life better than a dream come true. Cool. And bearing in mind your background, I'm going to take the Bible off the uh, as an option. I'm going to take that away. Is there any other impactful books for you over your career, or just the you know you read it at the right time and it's what you needed to hear? Any impactful books you'd like to recommend? I found a great satisfaction uh, in Ken Blanchard's One Minute Manager. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, you're okay was a, a big uh, uh, thing for me. That's the two big ones that come to mind. There, there a third book uh, that I read every day, and this is gonna sound crazy, but uh, uh, that's okay. Um, it's uh, The Evolution by Sarah Stein. And it shows the evolution of the world starting 5,000 million years ago coming up to the present, 
amazing creatures like crustaceans uh, right outside of uh, Richmond, Indiana, because at one time, all of the Midwest was underwater. The time has absolutely flown. What is the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more and continue the conversation? Well, if they want to find out more and continue the conversation, I strongly urge you to do one thing and it's going to give you a double benefit. If you go surprisingly to www.truelovethatlast.us, all of this is there. You can also get the book. You can get the Habit Builder. Um, there's many other things there. So uh, the, the link is truelovethatlasts.us. Uh, the book is on uh, Amazon, uh, The Secret of Growing True Love That Lasts, under Jim Steffen. But if you go to our, our website, you can get a package with a signed book. Okay. And of course, uh, that's much better for us. We'd love to have you go there. So www.truelovethatlast.org.us. We'll put them in the show notes as well, just to make everyone, you know, make sure they get the right place. Um, well, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you so much for your time. You're quite welcome. It's been my privilege. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought a TEDx talk is something that would be cool to do and help share your message, please do head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkaccelerator.com forward slash masterclass. And you can get this completely free training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker and thought leader without desperately chasing and wasting your time on the wrong opportunities really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. All right, have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.